Welcome to Downloadable Content. Today we have a special mini episode for you, and you are here with Alex. And today I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about a vacation I recently took to Paris, France. Now, as I get into this, um, I am going to apologize first and foremost for my voice. As you guys can probably tell, I am a little bit sick, a little bit under the weather, so my voice can definitely sound a little bit congested. And I hope that it doesn't impact the episode's quality too much. And we're going to start with that. Um, In addition, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the gaming stuff that I noticed while in the EU. And I'll also just be sharing a couple of cool things that happened on my vacation. That way, you guys can see a little bit of the gaming side and a little bit outside of the gaming aspect of my life into the more normal, nuanced part that you guys don't get to see nearly as much throughout the podcast. Now, let's get right on into it. Um, To start, I have two main things to talk about in gaming. Uh, The first is that for our listeners, mainly we have a U.S.-based audience. Now, we do have some international listeners, and we love you all very, very much. Uh, And for our U.S. listeners, I would just like to reinforce to y'all that we actually have a more affordable take on gaming. Me and SJ have talked a lot about how gaming can be a very expensive hobby. However, here in the U.S., we seem to benefit the most um, from price setting and how prices are set in the U.S. in comparison to other countries. Um, Because the euro is a stronger currency right now than the dollar, um, we actually can afford games at a more affordable rate. Uh, when you look at a base price of a Nintendo game, for example, which is currently five, sorry, fifty nine, ninety nine. Um, I know that that's going to be changed with games like Tears of the Kingdom, and moving forward, they'll be joining Sony and Xbox and upping their prices to sixty nine ninety nine. Um, however, the point is they set the price at fifty nine ninety nine dollars for the price of a game. Now. In France, where they use the euro, they also set prices at $59.99. However, when you convert this back into U.S. dollars, you see that in the EU, if you were to pay with U.S. dollars, you would have to pay $64.40. Meaning that for every full-price game that you buy here in America, you save $5 rather than those that have to buy it while in the EU. So, as expensive as gaming can be, a little bit of hope for our American listeners is that we actually benefit from a more affordable way of enjoying video games. Now, secondly, I want to talk about something really, really cool that I saw while visiting the Louvre. For those of you that don't know, the Louvre is a very, very popular museum in Paris. The Louvre happens to be the museum where Leonardo da Vinci's Mona Lisa is kept. Now, even for all our listeners, even you young children, you probably know what the Mona Lisa is, right? It's one of the most famous paintings to have ever been painted. And so why do I bring up the Louvre right now? Well, the Louvre 
offers an audio guide for their visitors so that people can have someone explain different paintings and the different art pieces to them as they go throughout the museum. But what's really cool, or was really fascinating to me at least while I was there, is how these audio guides are given. People listen to this audio guide through the museum on Nintendo 3DSs. Seriously, the Louvre, the most popular museum in the world, arguably, I guess, uses a 3DS, a 3DS, to give their visitors an audio guide. You seriously, you rent a 3DS for like a couple bucks an hour, and they have this audio guide built in to the 3DS. How insane is that? I was absolutely shook. Now, the Louvre, they've bought out a bunch of blue 3DSs, and they've imprinted, or they've put, like, special design on it. I don't know if the Louvre did this themselves, or if they just created a partnership with Nintendo. I haven't been able to look into it too much. But either way, all these 3DSs are the navy blue color, and they have, like, the Louvre imprinted onto the... I don't even know what you call it, like, that cover screen of the 3DS. So... If you're ever in Paris and you want to go see the Mona Lisa or any of the other very, very cool paintings and sculptures that are found in the Louvre, and you want to check out these 3DSs, just ask for an audio guide, because I thought it was super cool and kind of funny to see that, of all things that the Louvre could have used to set up their audio guide, they used 3DSs for their visitors. I don't know. Let, let me know in the comments or through an email whether or not you think that's interesting, if you think it's kind of makes sense. I'm not entirely sure, but for whatever reason, the Louvre chose 3DSs. Now that is all as far as gaming for y'all, but I do want to share a couple other things like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. And I'm going to run through this very, very quick. First off, all the main touristy stuff that you can do in Paris. If you ever have the chance to go to Paris, I would recommend going. However, I will say that you don't need an entire week or longer in Paris itself. Now, this was a school trip. I went with my university. However, we were given a lot of free time. And within the first two or three days, we had done all the big stuff, plus a couple cool small things that me and some friends discovered just on our own. And at that point, I was kind of a point where any other time that we had free time throughout the week, I was kind of confused as to what to do. It was, it was like, well, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. And it didn't really make sense to stay in Paris for that long. So if you're ever planning a trip to France and you want to spend a lot of time in Paris, I would absolutely recommend that there's a lot of cool stuff to discover, like I said, just on your own. However, I would say that if you gave yourself three days in the city, you would have more than enough time to get through everything that you wanted to do. Now, of those main things, I will say that two main things stand out above the rest. Now, the Louvre was cool, but the Louvre, I feel like, is more suited for those of you who may be artistically focused and have a deeper appreciation of paintings and sculpture. Um, I enjoyed it a lot, and after a few hours, I was content, even though there was probably... You know, I probably could have spent another four to six hours without repeating seeing anything. There's so much stuff in that museum, so you could spend a lot of time there. Um, however, I did say that after about two hours, I was pretty content with what I had seen and was ready to move on. Um, outside of the Louvre, 
The Arc de Triomphe, this ginormous arc in the middle of the city, is super cool. Um, they allow you to go up the arc, and you can either do this through taking an elevator lift, which costs money, or you can just walk up through the inside of the arc. They have a st spiral staircase that takes you to the top, where you can stand on the top and look over the city. Me and my friends, you know, wanting to save money and be able to use that money for other things, decided to walk up, and it was so worth it, because spiral staircases from this um, structure that was sold was super cool to walk up and I would fully recommend doing for anybody that ever visits Paris is to walk up the stairs instead uh, it's not a crazy high walk so fully recommend doing it and from the top of the arc you can see so many cool things so I would fully recommend going uh, outside of that I would recommend hitting the Eiffel Tower a couple times I think I went to the Eiffel Tower maybe four times over the week that I was there and every single time it was super cool one of those times we went up to the very top um, and it was just incredible to see the entire city at night from the top of the Eiffel Tower. And finally, that brings me to my final point of this trip. When in Paris, um, I would fully recommend saving or not saving, but spending more time out and about at night rather than during the day. Now... This may sound a little weird. Um, some of you may know that Paris can be uh, a little bit more of a, a dangerous city to visit at times. There are definitely pickpockets. A couple people that I went on this trip with got pickpocketed over the course of our trip and lost some stuff. Um, and so it may seem a little strange to recommend going out at night, but let me tell you why. First off, the Eiffel Tower gets lit up at night. And not only do they light up the tower throughout once the sun goes down, but every hour on the hour for the first five minutes, the Eiffel Tower sparkles, uh, meaning they have other lights. So usually the Eiffel Tower is lit in yellow light, but they also have white lights that'll sparkle and make it literally look like a sparkling Christmas tree for five minutes on the hour every hour for the rest of the night. And it is super cool to see. Uh, I mean, we literally went there four times and I was never bored. So fully recommend seeing that at night. Uh, another thing that Paris has going for it is that since the city is so old, the street lights um, have a very historical and just kind of, it gives it a different vibe from what you would normally see here in the U.S. Um, you know, there was a point where me and my friends walked through the Louvre, um, not through the museum itself, but through the courtyards and stuff at night. And that was also super cool. I think... Europe in general, but also, I mean, I wouldn't know anything outside of Paris. This is the first time that I've been to Europe. But I think overall, being out at night just gives it more of an aesthetic and more of a feel that I thought was cooler. Um, and I know that some people can go for hours upon hours when they're on vacation, just nonstop. I am not that way. I definitely need my sleep. So if you're planning a trip to France, I would personally recommend sleeping in every morning so that you can stay out later at night which is going to give you more time in that aesthetic and that unique vibe that you're not going to be able to find here in the U.S. All right, I'm going to cut this episode there. I would love to talk more about what I saw in France and some cool things that I saw. If you guys are interested, um, feel free to email or reach out. I will promise that if you email about this episode specifically, I will be the one to personally write the response to y'all um, and give you a bit more insight on this trip. Um, 
if any of you are planning trips and want my advice for any reason, um, I will preface this by saying that I am by no means an expert, uh, but I'd be more than happy to share my thoughts and opinions and any recommendations that I might have, specifically when it comes to restaurants, because there are so many restaurants in France, and some of them are definitely better than others, and I think I found some pretty good ones during my time there. Uh, so feel free to reach out. Um, once again, we would love to hear your thoughts on the episode overall and whether or not you liked this kind of format where it has a mix of both gaming and outside of gaming features. So be sure to let us know through the email account or through our social medias. All that information will be listed in the episode description. I hope you guys enjoyed this and I hope that you have a great rest of your day because all of you that are listening truly, truly deserve it. Of course, to end, we'd like to give one more shout out to Joshua, our down-to-earth cockatiel, for being our patron over on Patreon. The support that you give to the podcast means a lot to us. We appreciate you way more than you know. And if you would like to join Joshua in that, of course, the info for Patreon is in the episode description. Go ahead and check it out and see if you'd like to join our Patreons in order to get access to two bonus episodes every month. We love you guys, and we will see you very soon with another episode. Bye-bye.